and welcome to Fraser's Ridge, an Outlander podcast. I'm Tiffany, and I'm here with two of my buds, Katie and Aaron. Hi, guys. Hey, Tim. Hey. Hey, Aaron. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. Aaron, are you ready to take us through this episode? I am. I am the team summarizer this episode. And am I happy about it? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but let's see here. We had a lot of dialogue, a lot of peanut butter and jelly eating um, or journey cake eating. This episode was written by uh, DG herself, but Diane Gabalola, I still haven't mastered the name, but she took the... <laughs> <Diane>. She's <laughs> G-R-R-M, germ-worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all know how I feel. We had some conversations from the beginning. We kind of all are on a similar page, I think, about this episode. Um, but if you guys noticed, there was a scene, well, it started before the, you know, the intro. They had like an intro autumn 1772 they are coming down the trail and they find a house and it's totally lit up it's completely on fire um me at first was like is this their house <laughs> i thought it was their house <laughs> that's like fair. literally yeah, yeah that is fair the fire's supposed to be coming right yes yeah, supposed to be coming and like you know we'll get into it a little bit later i'm like where's this darn fire um but so they stumble upon the house and they realized that the people inside of it weren't actually killed in the fire on the side of the house who looked straight out of the walking dead like she was so like the burnt like costume makeup, whatever they did on there was like horrifying and what, she's what just the sitting purpose? there right it was well, yeah, unnecessary 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 it just, like, gore like it was gross it was disturbing i didn't need to see it why diana why are yeah. you doing this to me why like what is the gore like trend in these episodes where they're like it's literally a mix of like raunchy weird sex dialogue time travel and then like headless horseman gore that's like to <laughs> the extreme like it just doesn't make any sense that's pretty on brand actually um this also reminded me i was listening to a true crime podcast true crime obsessed and they covered this like documentary film called where is robert fisher and i think that was the one basically this house was in like up in crazy strong flames and after they put out the fire they realized that like the wife and two children had been killed prior to the fire and then the mm. fire was set to like destroy the evidence and i was like oh, did diana like does she know about this case <laughs> <laughs> well to kind of, to finish the scene we have roger and jamie come over and jamie offers to like you know end her life but roger's like no i got this why couldn't we get Claire over here? Like, shove some Lottadin or whatever down her throat and, like... You put like, her. Yeah. We're yes. suffocating the burn victim? Yeah. yeah. Well, how is this the best way of helping yep. her? Yep. Like, I, I get they're trying to, like, mercy kill her, but by suffocating? Yeah. But, like, a one-handed, <laughs> like, suffocate to the mouth. Like, <laughs> like well, even... Mr. Birdsley got a gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, true. Same page, for sure. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was a little weird. It was like <laughs> yeah, awkward. A little. It was just awkward. It was awkward. I, I'm going to say it now. I just, like, they didn't really go back to anything with the fire. Like, they really didn't go back to it at all. Or, like, other than in a little bit when they meet with them. But, like, there was really no other, like, burning 
like scene involving any type of scandal you know so it was just kind of like a weird rise right from the beginning to like just kind of a plateau of an episode um so anyways they kill the girl there's this mystery now Fraser's Ridge mystery and now we have our opening um song you know yada da da sing me a song and then we go into our title card um <laughs> which is just you know i think claire what eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right um damn peanut butter and jelly sandwich wrapper it's back (laughs) (laughs) it's like so ridiculous don't pretend you weren't littering claire like we're not rewriting this this was such a rewrite on the like straight up litter bug claire returns (laughs) to the 1700s storyline we get originally right because i think i think diana's gotten like a lot of flack for like just her throwing her saran wrap to the wind (laughs) (laughs) and like this felt like such a rewrite of like oh the wind caught it it like wasn't her fault she tried no that's not how it happened (laughs) don't believe it guys yep yep oh my gosh oh lord well i can tell you guys that i love peanut butter and jelly but by the end of this i was like i think i'm good for a while (laughs) like (laughs) oh man Um, So anyways, our next scene and kind of our first scene here is at the Ridge and we have the whole crew up here, pretty much everybody out on the lawn and Ian has the stone from, um, you know, the Indians. Jemmy grabs the stone and he's, it's hot, okay, like burns his hands. So he gives it back to Ian and pretty much all of them are like kind of in wonder, like, okay, that's really weird. So then, you know, we have... Uh, Brie come over and she like picks up the stones and like it's warm for her you know Jamie picks up the stone and it's cold for him and then they have this big moment like oh my god holy cow Jemmy can time travel it's legit like the stone is warm for him Um, meanwhile we have Ian just like looking at them like what like huh what's going on here it was a cool like okay now we know Jemmy can probably time travel. It was a neat way of doing it. The whole season, we've kind of like, all right, how are they going to figure it out? Once we, they kept saying like, once we figure it out. Uh, what did you guys think? I thought it was fine. It's similar. It's pretty similar to what happened in the book with the opal exploding and Jem feeling that the stone was hot and everybody kind of hearing this ringing. The part I don't love is that now we're instantly like, okay, we're going back. Like, Roger is pressuring Brie into immediately going back. It's like the decision has been made. Jem can travel. It's not easy to time travel. How do we know that they all will survive, but Jem will survive? How are you sure Jem is going to arrive in the same place as you? Like, this deserves more consideration. And I think a stronger, like, motivation or impetus to go back to the future as there was in the books themselves. Like, this just desire to go back for the sake of going back doesn't really make any sense to me they have no family there but I liked seeing the relationship between Ian and Jem I thought it was really sweet watching him like play with him and you know he wanted to be a father so that was sweet to see I like that it opens up the door for the later conversation between Ian and Claire and Jamie yep true I felt like they were a little bit open in their discussion in front of Ian (laughs) I was like wait what (laughs) um and the poor kid was so in the dark because his nephew or whatever he is to him is like having this gemstone like 
bust apart in his hands and like, just playing catch or like keep away or whatever. Like, yep. All of a yep. sudden there's this major moment. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting perception, Tiff, that you struggled with the fact that it there wasn't more of an impetus for them to go back. It was just, we talked about going back if Jem could, and now we know he can, so we're going to go. And I think something for me wasn't working here, and it, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, actually, I agree with Katie. Like, and and uh, what you said, Tiff. Like, I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, the reasoning for them going back. Like, even Bonnet's dead now, so like mm -hmm. this predator that's after them is dead. You know, they don't have to worry about that section. It's kind of like okay, they're going back because of the war that's about to come. You know, so it's like as we go through the episode and we as doing their goodbyes. It almost looks like a little like pathetic. <laughs> it's like, okay, like we know that something's gonna happen. We're gonna leave and stay safe. Good luck, y'all. <laughs> and know? even like not to again be always looking to the book and be like such a stickler, but in the book, Jamie's like, You guys should go back. Like there's a war coming, Jem can travel. And Roger says, No, we're family. We're staying. Yeah. And this is so, I think that's why I just have such a hard time with it, because it's such a departure from his character that I knew already, but it's true to his show character. We've seen yep. him discuss this a lot of times and show that he has this desire to go back to the future, so. Yep, yep, yeah. A lot, yeah, it felt like a little too, like, dominoes aligned. This yeah. is how we're moving this along. When there's there's so many roadblocks and other storylines, but then this one's yeah. like just a clean sweep. You know, and yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, guys, but like they're leaving before they even accomplish their original goal of coming back, which was to save them from the house fire. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that didn't even ha I mean, yeah, sorry to obviously everyone's seen the episode if they're listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. You think they would at least be like, hey, mom you know, dad, I'm staying here till this is like figured out and I know you guys are safe. Like, come on here. So that kind of annoyed me because the episode led yeah. with the burning house. It wasn't even mentioned. Like you would have think they would have been like, whoa, whoa, houses are being set on fire. Could this be when this is happening? Oh, actually, let's get out of town right now. <laughs> this is a good time. Let's peace. We're going to need us the most. So mm -hmm. I don't know. A little awkward and especially awkward because Diane... Diana, or is it Diana or Diana? Diana. Whatever. Diana. She wrote this episode, so she mm -hmm. knows the story more. Like, come on here. So anyways, we'll get into it a little bit more later. Um, so obviously, you know, the cat's out of the box a little bit for Ian. Riders start galloping in, and Bree, you know, goes inside with Jemmy. And look who it is, guys. Surprise! It's the brown our family oh yeah and they're here they're in town and they want to start a committee of safety because they've noticed these other burning buildings and you know there's a whole group of mixed characters and they want jamie to enlist um you know in their little militia here claire notices that i forget his name so i actually just wrote lionel oh, lionel pos brown, <laughs> brown. he's a shit brown Exactly. You know, she, yep. She notices that his leg is, he's got some type of a wound and he's being stubborn. And then his brother is like, yeah, you know, just, just go with her, get it mended. And then he goes inside with Claire and they have this kind of awkward moment in her little, you know, nurse room there where he pretty much says, you know, you know, I'm not as bad as you think. Um, and then he says the yes, line, you, you think a father has no right to seek justice for his daughter who's been dishonored. 
And then we had Claire just like blankly look into space like, oh, that sounds familiar to maybe something <laughs> I just did. Yeah, oh, exactly. Weird. Are we similar, perhaps? POS That was Brown. different. <laughs> yeah. That was different. My daughter was raped. Like, come on. No, but like, what did, I mean, what did you guys think? This whole scene was a little, I feel like it was a little awkward. It was a little forced. You know what I mean? It was like, she literally was like, like how many other people there probably had wounds? And she's just like, POS Brown, like, yo, come with me. Let's heart to heart it out. I want some more interaction with you, scumbag. Like, come on. I don't know. How'd you guys feel? My big takeaway was honestly when the brother turns to Lionel and is like, yeah, you should really get that checked out. I can <laughs> smell it from here. <laughs> oh my God. Yikes. Um, yeah. He's and the- then this was just like a classic overbearing Claire for yeah. me. I don't like him and his, his logic is flawed regardless of how much we joke about it or whatever. But she just like loves to pick that scab. Like she just can't ever back down and just like let things lie for the sake of, you know, the situation. <laughs> yeah, but like where's, where's her common sense? She's not in the 60s, exactly, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's this just, is a scoundrel. It yeah, so this was this is that side of Claire that I don't love. It, it just doesn't fit with my personality, you know? But it's also what makes Claire Claire. So you yeah. take the good and the bad. Yep. How about you, Tiff? I think this is the part where Brianna... First of all, Brianna brings Jem into the house, sets him on the bed, and is like, you stay here for a minute. Next to a flaming candle! <laughs> Again! It's like mother of the year. Like, we don't care. Also, fire safety. Yep. We just yep. all burned down house. We're just gonna let our little kids sit next to this candle. So, that's the first thing. <laughs> Then the Browns just are so obnoxious. I hate them so much. And they're trying to force this militia thing on Jamie. It's not the same thing as when Jamie came to you on behalf of Governor Tryon. You weren't doing a favor for Jamie. You were doing a favor for Governor Tryon. And now they're acting like Jamie owes him. So not on board with that. Right. And then Lionel Brown talking to Claire saying like don't you judge me you don't really know who I am well guess what Lionel yes she does you're a horrible human a disgusting pig as we will find out later and she does know you and you're just mad that she calls you on it you know and like recognizes it and I also noticed the moment at the end when Claire is like okay well maybe we're a little bit the same and how we handled how our daughter was dishonored in our eyes and in your view even though it's a different situation she loves this guy you think that she's been dishonored so she starts to try like kind of get some perspective and understanding but all for nothing as we'll see later then we go back to outside and we have you know a scene with um, all of the men, the committee of safety, they're out kind of bathing in the water um, and they're saying like, oh, it's the work of the savages. Jamie and Roger and Ian out there, they're talking. Jamie Jamie and Roger are being a little more civil, whereas you can tell Ian's getting a little, you know, frustrated, okay? Because he is pretty much saying like, no, it may not be the savages. They're like, oh, Indians aren't the only ones that scout people, yada, yada, yada. So he's pretty much saying like, it may not have been them. Getting defensive, Jamie then pretty much is like hey i need some more time but he's being very nice he's you know very civil and then ian just like lashes out at the last second like 
pissed off and it was a little bit awkward. The one funny scene in here, though, is where he makes a little comment about, you know, Jamie's famous whiskey. He's like, oh, you're pretty much saying, like, you want to take some more time for that famous whiskey that you're working on. I liked Ian being a little bit more aggressive and tough in this scene because it felt a little bit more true to the Ian that I know. Like, he's brave and he's bold and he's not going to put up with anything. So I I liked him kind of coming and pushing back. And the whiskey comment I thought was odd at the time. And I guess we realize it's like a veiled threat that Jamie didn't necessarily pick up on. We won't waste any time here. We're going to jump ahead to probably, I would say now, the best scene in the whole episode, believe it or not. And it's actually the final, finally revealing the time traveling mystery to young Ian. Okay. We have Jamie and Claire. Ian kind of walks in and he's just like, okay, guys. I have not asked questions. You know, I know you have secrets here. Um, And he pretty much looked at Claire and was like, who, what are you? Like, he was so Mm -hmm. like, just like, what are you? Like, we know something's up. And I like, they also paralleled it to his time um, with the Native Americans where, you know, he, the stone pretty much had these properties and they were asking questions about Claire. And then he, has the journal of I forgot his name and I put Otterbox. Otter Tooth. Otter Tooth. <laughs> Otter <laughs> <was> like Otterbox. <laughs> Otter, they had Otterbox's time travel journal. Um, but like I that kind of caught me off guard. They pretty much spilled the beans on him and explained that she's a time traveler and he is just totally like perplexed. He is just like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Like he, but he, I think he didn't really like even grasp it a little bit. Like I think for him it was like, she was almost like a fairy tale creature. Like I, I don't think he understood that she's literally just a human herself that can time travel, but, but it was an awesome scene. And the one thing I will say personally, I was a little disappointed about is like, I hate when they don't actually show more like like the whole darn episode is a dialogue dialogue after dialogue and they're really gonna do like okay we're gonna close the doors and now tell you everything like this is the dialogue we want to finally hear we want to hear it like we want to hear all of this time travel stuff revealed i thought this was great i loved his 1700s rationalization of what's clear of what claire's telling him so that i always knew you were a fairy and like that's Mm -hmm. how It makes sense to him. So I thought that was great. Small side note about the set. I loved the teal painted (gasps) walls with the mustard curtains. It was so good. (laughs) So good. Design moment. We do my house. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It was so good. Um, But yeah, I, I loved this. It didn't bother me too much to not hear more. Only because the episode felt lengthy for me in general. Um, but yep. yeah, I, I can yep. see that. I, I think the fact that this is new information for Ian, it it could they could have um, lingered here a little bit longer if they wanted to. I loved this scene too. I love Ian learning about you know where Claire and Bree and Roger are from, and his yeah his explanation in his own mind as to making it something like mystical and magical, whereas it's kind of something almost like sci-fi and from our perspective that she can do some time traveling. And I see what you're saying. It, uh, it would be nice to have seen Ian's reaction to their story 
Like when you get, when you see the door closing, you have a sense of they're going to relay their, like the story of books one and two, basically. Yeah. Yeah. To Ian. But it would be nice to see his reaction because he is so charming and he has an interesting perspective. Yep. I don't necessarily remember him asking, I mean, he may have, but I don't necessarily remember him asking, which I think he did at this moment, if he could travel back in time. And Claire saying, you know, no, only certain people can, because obviously he doesn't have an understanding of genetics or anything like that. But I don't remember him having this interest in in going to the future in the books. But it was a good scene. I enjoyed it. It was a good scene. It was a needed scene. I still think that Marsley and Fergus should know too. Honestly, if Ian knows, I feel like they deserve to know. But we can get into that a little bit later. So our next scene now Claire and Jamie visit good old Ulysses living in a stick shed. <laughs> in the love the shack. Fairy, yeah. yeah. The fairy kingdom. Yes. He's a murderer now. We actually find out that um, he's not a slave. <laughs> oh, no big deal. Sorry. Can you give me an update no, on no. Ulysses' life? Aaron, let me know what he's doing. Yeah, oh, he's no big deal. NBD. Uh, like, uh, like, Quarantine happened. Now. I killed a guy. <laughs> And he's not a slave, like, what? So Auntie Can't See actually totally, like, freedom from slavery with Forbes himself, which is kind of ironic there, okay? Like, he cracked Forbes' neck, and, you know, and he's a free free man. So it was just a cute little scene. I think it was just a tie-up the, you know, Jocasta almost murder scene, attempted murder scene. Was it necessary to the story this episode? Probably not. But like, you know, whatever. It was good. It was cute. I like that Jamie gave the book for him to read. I have a question for you, Tiff. (laughs) Do you remember Ulysses going with John? No. Okay. Not. I don't exactly remember what happened to him, but I do not think he went with Lord John as any kind of cover. I I didn't I didn't either and I there's some other details about his storyline that we can talk about separately because I don't want to spoil anything for people who want to read the books or whatever but I kind of liked this like him going with John I didn't love this scene yeah. at all yep. <laughs> but I do like the idea of him going off with John and, and yeah. being free in England so I thought that was kind of a cool wrap up yep, yep. But we also have a indicator that Roger is perhaps the biological father of Jem. Thus, his time-traveling energy was so strong that it cracked the rock into many pieces. So there may be some truth to that. We don't know. I guess they, I think you guys said it earlier in the podcast that the stone had cracked at another time. I can't remember. But, you know, there, there's some valid, valid truths, truths there. So Bree reveals also too that she knows she needs to leave like i think this is one of the few moments where she's actually like yeah we we need to go back you know that's our time she wants to say goodbye to everybody so they come up with their cover story that they're moving to boston and he's gonna be a professor was it not boston no not far enough oh yeah he could just like hop on his boat he's so rich he'll show up at boston where's brie and roger nowhere like Right. They need to go farther away. <laughs> they yeah, well, walked on is... foot to the Mohawk in New York. <laughs> yeah, like, true. It's true. just not far enough. But this is where, again, they're like, they should just tell them the truth. <laughs> just I tell them know. the truth. 
come on. They're not going to be like telling everybody like, oh, my sister-in-law's a time traveler. <laughs> like, come on here. The truth always works. Always works. Yeah, this is a hard pill oh. to swallow in my mind. Like, I, I struggled with, like, <laughs> Mersley and Fergus just being like, oh, yes, that progressive Boston. Of course you would want to move back. <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know why they had to do it in, like, a week. They couldn't be like, hey, let's just take a little bit more time. Or, like, just peace. Such a good point, Erin. It's like they came back in time to make sure that her parents don't die in a fire. And the fire has not happened yet. You, they prob- they could still die. You would not know. It's just... <laughs> but it's literally, so like, and then... to me. Yeah. And then there was a fire indicator. <laughs> there was, like, an indicator the fire's coming. <laughs> it could come. So, anyways, carrying forward, we have Jamie has a visitor, and guess who it is? Gay BFF Lord John is in the house. Surprise visit. I don't know about you guys, but, like, when he saw Lord John, like, the face he had was literally, like, here's my gay boyfriend. He's in town. Like, I'm like his face like like, you know something's going on in jamie's head like "Mm, maybe i should have taken up on that offer before claire came back into the time period like i don't know there is definitely some chemistry between them and you know lord john wants it like let's be real so this scene's actually like a quick scene they do these jump arounds in this one but they have a quick like oh i'm in town willie's in school in london go to the next scene we come back to them later we'll touch back up on them like a little bit later we'll get you know we'll come back we'll circle through here and then it goes to ian at the river he's with brie and claire and he's asking all these time travel questions like he's had some time to think he is literally like okay this makes absolutely no sense but how'd you do this battle of clonidon you were able to change a couple of things prevented people from dying how can I use this to my own benefit now? He is literally asking them, like, can you take me in time? Can you go in time and fix something? So he's revealing his mystery of whatever the heck trauma happened to him and how he could use this to his advantage. I don't know about you guys, but I liked this scene. I thought it was cool. It gave me more of, you know, that, like, just questioning and trying to understand it. I thought it was cool that Brie was kind of taking the helm on a lot of the questions. You know, like, time travel is new to Brie. Claire's been a time traveler for a while now. And Bree's just like, well, you know, like it's speed thing, it's genetics. And she's literally giving her like thesis on time travel and her experience. And, you know, Ian like can't handle it. Like he's just like, what? (laughs) So how did you guys feel about this? Like, did you think it was kind of a cute scene or? I thought that, I mean, it it makes sense that Ian would have some questions, right? And it's nice that you know inquiry is kicking in and he's asking all these additional questions about how time travel works and he poses some good ones like well basically if you're like holding my hand and you touch the stones can't you take me with you and those kinds of things that are logical to ask again I'm still confused by his like desire to go into the future and the fact that he doesn't reveal why yet like Mm -hmm. this would have been a good opportunity for him to tell his story and tell them what happened with the mohawk and why he's interested in going into the future it just was weird to have it left kind of unsaid to me all of them they just hold their darn feelings in like all of Mm -hmm. them like come on here like use each other i don't like sophie skelton in the scene (laughs) 
Yikes. I'm, I feel really bad because she's been so good in some of the others. Like, her face acting is so good. Like, the girl gives great face. <laughs> but then she delivers some of these lines like like a dead fish. And I'm just yeah. like, were you I even so present? Agree. Yeah, but, like, I can't. you're saying that right now, and I can't stop thinking about the scene coming up where Lord John Gray is like, what's not to like about you or oh something? Oh, my God. I know. Yes. This felt like such, again, like, this felt like, the second saran wrapper in the episode where like diana had to justify her character oh my god oh lord um also i just want to point out that like the major loophole in this entire thing is the fact that like every time they go through the stones it's just a big question mark of where they're going like, yeah like why why have they not like actually like brought that up like how do they know they're going to go to the future? How do they know they're not going to get sent back to the past? Like, it's yeah. just a big mm-hmm. gray area of, like, the the universe keeping the continuity for them. Um, right. Why don't me. those stones send them 200 years further back in the past? Exactly, you know? you know? And that would have been a good scene for them to actually explain that a little bit or have Claire say, like, hey, listen, like, we take a huge risk when we time travel. Okay, we can't go said place here and there, okay? We don't really know how it works, like, at all, you know? So we go back to John and Jamie, and basically, John spills the beans on Willie, who is inheriting, what's the place called? Helm's Deep? Hellwater. Hellwater. Helm's Deep. (laughs) Helm's Deep. Um, He's pretty much inheriting the entire place, which is also another main reason why we have to keep the big old secret that Jamie is his, not his father, but, but the cutest, <laughs> <laughs> the cutest scene in here though, was Lord John brought a, you know, a painted picture of Willie for Jamie. And it looked like a young Jamie himself. Um, and then we have a clearly swooning Lord John. Totally. You could just see it in his face. He's just like all about being like the baby daddy for like, you know, Jamie here, you know, I think the Willie stuff just kind of bugs me a little bit because, like, I kind of want him to, like, meet Bree and, like, I kind of wish it would happen this episode and, like, it didn't. Getting this. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah, Valid things about Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, at least there was something here. Like, there was some type of, like, closure on just the fact that at least Jamie reveals this to her, like, you know, coming up. This really deviates from the way things went down in the books. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like the picture was like them filling in actual Willie. It was like giving us Willie without giving us Willie, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I don't, I just am like not a fan of Willie. I don't know why I'm not a fan of Jamie's children. Like, period. Like, I'm well, not like Willie because his origin story is poop. It is. It's, it's just awful. And, you know, I know we're supposed to be emotionally invested in Willie. I was. Glad that Lord John was there so that we could get some Lord John time. Like, yeah. I didn't even yeah. need to really hear about <laughs> Willie that yeah. much. Like, I'd rather yeah. really get that he exists. Yeah, right. you don't care about Willie. Mm-hmm. He's like, only Jamie cares about Willie. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, until he's a physical character on screen, the audience just is not going to have any interest. So it's like, it's it's just a tough sell. Like, I'm, you're getting wrap up I guess but it's not even like closure that makes you feel good this needed to happen let's just get it done like real quick it's like I don't know a little bit of a letdown but yeah so moving on we have Jamie and Claire bedroom scene here which starts out with them 
looking at the portraits that Brianna Brianna drew for them because um, she's an amazing artist and engineer that she can draw these beautiful like like lifelike portraits but we see Claire sitting at her vanity and she's putting on her perfume and I'm literally just like is this her sex perfume like is this her like <laughs> yep. let's get it on and then we find out it is her sex perfume so you know next scene it quickly cuts to the middle of the night and Claire wakes up out of breath and she's hot and sweating and i at first thought something was wrong like i'm like did she like grab the arsenic bottle by accident like not her perfume like i actually thought something was physically wrong with her i actually even was like maybe she's pregnant like i it went there like i literally no, no, was like what's just going a hot on? flash just in menopause <laughs> just a hot flash um, actually, we find out not only a hot flash, a onion garlic peppercorn hot flash, because Jamie wakes up and goes to the window, and they start their yet again awkward little sexual things that they got going on with each other, where he starts saying her skin tastes salty, and she's like, blah, 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 like, you know, onions and garlic and peppercorn, and then she starts smelling him, and she's like, mmm, you smell like gunpowder, hey. And manure. Oh, <laughs> so manly. Like, it's just like, okay. Like, I'm sitting here thinking of, like, all the candles I love. Like, all the male candles. And I'm like, that is not one combo that I would definitely want in my house. That's for sure. That's <laughs> no mainly, manure in those candles. Yeah, no manure in those candles, man. And then he makes a cute little comment like, oh, you're, you're wearing your special perfume. He was like, oh, I fell asleep without touching you. Blah, 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 blah. Then, literally, we have Jamie then proceeds to eat her out in the window while she's literally like laying back carefree with the wind in her hair like i don't know if this is like sensually adding to her orgasmic pleasure as he's down between her legs like holding her there is this like like a sexual trust fall here that she's kind of doing at the same time like <laughs> you you won't fall out the window and break your skull don't worry you don't have to fear i'm gonna give you an orgasm instead like this scene was so crazy it was like what is going on like i've got the urge to herbal like literally like what what did you guys <laughs> what did you guys think it was it was too much oh for me God. and i know you said it was in the books so this is not it. safe are we wait what story are we on are we on the first story are we on the second story like his hands are just kind of on her thighs too it's not even like his hands are like behind her back like holding her firmly it's like yeah. and she's laying back out of the window what yeah. are you doing woman you are going to die yeah. like how often do they do this yeah she was very comfortable yep. like maybe this is not the first time <laughs> i mean it was a little like maybe like like wondering what that could have been like if I was like like I the few times in my life where I think about being a woman I did have it while watching this scene just for a split <laughs> second I was like mm, window orgasm with air in my hair that might actually be kind of nice Katie what did you think about this erotic scene <laughs> well I feel like if this is something that they do quite frequently they really need like a car oh shit handle so she really yes. says something like safe to hold on to right like um, <laughs> can you imagine Tree coming over and she's like mom let me engineer something for you <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that showing them older this episode and I don't know if that's why we have this like menopausal moment <laughs> that turns into yeah. 
yeah, more, she, but yeah. like even at the beginning, like they changed Jamie's hair a little bit and they put a lot of white in the front of hers and then she has this menopausal scene. So it felt like they were really trying to convey the time, fo- like movement in time uh, in the episode. Yeah, I, I have to admit as the story progresses and the two of them get older, I still love their relationship, but like I, the sex parts are are like not steamy or yeah. anything. It's just like two people who really love each other, and this right. is just like, this is like the sparklers that the guy's holding while like being shot out of a cannon. It's just like completely not necessary <laughs> for me. <laughs> like, yeah, like true. they're a loving couple. They're having sex. I don't need to see her half yeah, out of a yeah. window at this point yeah. to show that they've still got like fire, yeah. I guess. And they're always like, I will say they're always like hugging and touching. And I, I like kind of like that. Like I just, mm-hmm. those are the cute, more real moments. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you like really do like love someone, you want to be with someone, you want to like hug them and touch them and hold them all the time. Like you want to feel that, you know? Um, So I totally appreciate and have always appreciated that they're bond. Cause I think it's like what makes this show, this show, but the scene was again, yeah, it was a little over the top. And was she, not feeling okay in the books and stop me if I'm wrong Tiff but like this is this is clear like it's made clear that this is her being menopausal and it's a hot flash I believe yeah um so I guess we had that say like sound background knowledge I guess like if I was watching it maybe I'm thinking she's anxious about Brie going back to the future I I don't know I but it it did it did read questionable as to the why. Yeah. I was thinking literally the perfume though, like literal, like she put this perfume on. Yeah. They didn't do it. Like they didn't show any scene of her getting into bed. I don't think like it was just now she's waking up and she's not feeling good. So I was like, okay, perfume A, a mm-hmm. plus B equals C. Like yeah, this yeah. kind of threw me off. So if things can't get weirder enough, okay. We got the next morning, and we got some freaky, weird shit going down. We got Claire in her little lab doctor's office with her new microscope lens from John Gray, who's just that gay bestie who brings every single gift that she needs all the time. Okay, he's working her angle. He's like, I want to get with your man, so I'm going to, like, you know, become besties with you, and maybe this could happen. Sorry, it's tangent. Anyways. No, I bet I bet it was wrapped beautifully. <laughs> yeah, it was probably <laughs> some serious wrapping, like, tinsel, like, tissue paper, all the works. Um, so I'm getting away from the point here is she's looking through this microscope, and what every audience member can realize is she's looking at sperm, okay? Like, she's looking at sperm. Like, you're like, What? is she doing looking at sperm and then jamie comes down and she's like look in it yada, yada, yada. And he's looking and he's like, oh i didn't know bacteria had tails like this this is oh look at these little guys yada 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 and she's like they are sperm jamie and then she goes on <laughs> to explain that they are you know yada yada he oh he's like oh you mean seed and he's like well where'd you get that and i'm like oh, where the hell did you get that okay like I mean, all I know is, like, he was eating her out all night. So I'm like, okay, clearly they did a little bit more. And she grabbed it from herself and, like, put it under the microscope. And I think I said this to you guys in the group text, but, like, no man wants to walk downstairs in the morning to find their significant other looking at their sperm under a microscope. Okay? (laughs) No. Uh Uh-uh. 
DG, what were you thinking? Is this like some fetish of yours? Like, I don't know. Like, this was weird. This was so, so weird. Like, I like part of me felt like is Claire trolling Jamie right now because he fell asleep on her last night before they could like do it and she's checking out his sperm to make sure he's still like not shooting blanks or something like that like what is she doing here this is this is weird but this happens in the book oh i just (laughs) i just don't remember why like i don't remember the circumstances surrounding it in the book like but this is what i don't get like how is she like like jamie's not in there she's in her little lab and she's like, ooh, I got my new lens. I need something microscopic to look at. What could I use? Hmm, I have the, I have the antibiotics that I've been working on, and that could actually be really smart to look at. Oh, I have 47 other pieces of bacteria. You know, I'm going to take the sperm out of my vagina and use that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Like, that, everyone will love that. Jamie will think it's hysterical. Watch these little dudes swim. Like, it is weird. <laughs> it is so weird. Okay, guys. Like, you are old now. She hasn't had this talk with you yet. <laughs> she, like, I mean, really, like, in all the time they've been together, she hasn't been like, would you like to know how reproduction actually works? <laughs> like, here is the science behind it. No, like, this is her opportunity. Like, the microscope and the sperm from our cooter. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't even, like, you guys got my text messages when this, I was watching this scene. I'm like, are you for real? Like, last scene, we're, like, fighting John Bonnet. This scene, we're looking at sperm under it's a microscope. It's too much. It's like, too much. The range in this show is, like, you know, bravo. Bravo, DG. You are really keeping us on our toes. Sorry, guys. Anything you'd like to add? Because I just, I went off. I, just, I think you said it. <laughs> I don't have anything else. No, nothing I to mean... comment about Good lord, Claire. (laughs) Nothing sacred. It would be mad funny if there was just like one. (laughs) They were like, (laughs) (laughs) they're like all messed up. She's like, oh shit, like these guys ain't doing good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so so, smug this whole scene. She's like, they can live up to a week in the proper environment. (laughs) Like, what the hell, man? Are we? What the heck did she do, like, in the time without Jamie in the 60s? Like, she wasn't with, you know, Frank. Like, how is she fueling her, like, horniness that she clearly has? This is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, anyway. Like, what weird shit was she doing in her lab? She was uh, reading the pirate book. Book. Berm of the Great Seas. No, I don't know. Let's see. Okay, so, um, <laughs> continuing on here, we have Jamie and Bree. In a cute little scene where he pretty much reveals, you have a brother, girl. Guess what? In her face, she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, Christmases are going to be awesome. No, like, he pretty much, much, like, pretty much spills the beans and is like, nope, you can't know him. He's going to lose all his fortune. Family's not important. Wealth is clearly important because he's got to run this estate. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Explains he doesn't know. But... He does kind of actually, like, say kind of a cool thing in the sense of, like, you know, when you are in the future, like, look him up. Like, mm-hmm. find out what happens. Like, that's kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to that, at least. Like, I hope they throw a scene in there where she's, like, you know, with Encyclopedia Britannica, just like, oh, there's my brother. And, oh, and, oh, like, something cool. Like, I don't know. I love that he used the picture to start it. 
Like, he wasn't just like, yo, you got a brother. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> reveal this, like, beautiful picture. And like, what is this? Like, I thought that was cool. And I think he went about it really cool. I also, I liked how Jamie introduced the idea of William to Brie. Again, I thought Brie was kind of wooden in this scene and awkward and weird. Um, I thought that Jamie at first was trying to convince her to not go. Like, look, you have a brother. There's more family to meet and to learn about. But then for him to reveal that he just wanted her to know and the idea of her looking up what happens to him in the future, I thought was really sweet. And this is why Jamie's just the best. And he's just like king of men. He's so selfless. He's always putting everyone else's needs ahead of his and isn't giving Brie a hard time about about leaving him and taking Jem with her. He's being so supportive. So I enjoyed this scene. Any thoughts, Kate? No. (laughs) (laughs) This is our penultimate episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The action should be rising. I guess it does by the end. No, it was just like you start with this big scene and then you have like a very, very long lull. And then at the end, there's like this big moment as well. But it was just like 85% of this episode was just like a yawn fest. Yeah. Big time, no. Um, and yeah, and then we have now Bree and Roger telling Fergus and Marcelie, and it was like really like sad. I mean, honestly, like pretty much like, hey, we've become real close. We're leaving. We're getting the hell out of here. And this is what I was saying earlier. Like, this is where I think they come off a little bit pathetic. Like, mm-hmm. in two ways, guys. One, they know history and what's going to happen and how shit's going to go down, and they want to get safe. Two. They're li- they're 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 choosing not to tell Fergus or Marsley, so it's like they're may also making the choice of like not letting them protect themselves because it's like here we have Marsley being like okay like but you've become a sister to me, you tell your sister things you tell your sister the secrets that you keep okay, I like I feel of anybody they deserve to know and they deserve yeah. to know for their safety and it like bugs me and pisses me off and I think the whole scene itself was just awkward and uncomfortable and not loving enough even on the Roger and Bree side like I feel like they were just like oh tough tough luck yeah. like they didn't even like sell their story well to them like they just didn't even like flow right it, it just bugged me Bree's more emotional with Lizzie this is jump you know in yeah. a little while later she's way more emotional with Lizzie than she is with Marsley and they've had like some real talks like remember when yeah. Bree had her freak out about thinking mm-hmm. Stephen Bonnet stole Jem and Marsley talked her down you know they have had some real bonding and I agree I thought it it seemed odd and then also they've become like sisters if they're just in Boston, yes, there's only like pony post at this point. But you'd think that they would write to each other. Aren't they going to mm-hmm. be confused as to why no letters are coming? Yeah, that's going to hurt. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I, I think what you said, Aaron, is like really key about them be- being sisters. Like, where is that line? Like, why yeah. does Ian get to know and then these two yeah. don't? So, yeah. good and points also, all around. Like, also, how dare they, like, not. They they need them, you know. Yeah. Marcely and Fergus need them. Marcely's like, what am I gonna do? I have another kid coming too. Yeah. And yeah. you're you guys are just leaving us. Yeah. Like I, they're yeah. being so selfish again yeah. because they don't have another 
like motivation or reason or impetus, as I said before, forcing them to go to the future. It's right. just their choice. Right. And and also too, guys, like wasn't correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Jamie with Fergus longer than Ian? Like wasn't Fergus yes. like in his life like prior to Jamie linking up with Ian and older Ian? So like mm-hmm. I feel like Fergus should know. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. And Ian went with the with the Native Americans. So there was also a giant gap of time without Ian. And now he's the one privy to this knowledge and not Marsley and Fergus. Like it pisses me off. It also pisses me off. Claire is willing to mess with the timeline. She's willing to like bring penicillin into this time. What is the big freaking deal with telling them that they are from the future? Honest to God, it pisses me off. Like there's literally no risk associated with it. And there's only risk not, right? I mean, honestly, so. I guess their worry and their fears that they just won't understand and they'll, you know, what does she think that they're going to turn her in and have her burned as a witch? Like they're not going to do that. There needs to be more trust there. Yeah. They've earned it. And they know Marsley knows like if she said that, I don't know. But anyways, to carry on here, then we have this, like, I don't know if you guys thought this was like kind of a weird scene. Oh no, sorry. This it's a little bit later, but Claire watches Bree say more goodbyes pretty much from the window. Um, And then we have the Bree and Lizzie scene. Um, (laughs) <laughs> which was actually kind of funny at first because she's like oh yeah like so we're going to boston and like you know you know it's kind of weird but like i'm down for it and like it's kind of cold and she's like no lizzie you can't come and she's like oh okay i'll come in, i'll come in a week like <laughs> that's, that's exactly how the line was like, delivered like, <laughs> like totally like it was just so like i don't know it was just like this poor woman like god do what you want to do girl like come I on I have to admit, though, like, I even, Lizzie comes over, and I even forgot, like, who Lizzie was for a moment. Like, she just felt like such a huge afterthought in this whole plot thing. (laughs) Agreed. But I, like, I I really hate that, like, like, how she got her to stay was, like, well, I need you here to take care of my parents. Yeah, like, good cover. (laughs) Who wants to do that? Like, come on, like... And I'm not when it's she's so talking ridiculous. to Lizzie, it's like she's talking down to a child. She's like, mm-hmm. no, no, listen, Lizzie, you really can't come because I need to take care of my parents. Like, no, Lizzie, you can't have ice cream because it's eight o'clock in the morning. Like, you know what I mean? It just was so uh, condescending yeah. to me. Yeah. And again, yeah. I don't care. I don't even care about Lizzie because she's been like non-existent. Mm-hmm. in this whole show yeah. and mm-hmm. she has to try to remind us like diana has to try to remind us why lizzie is important i was with you when that monster is troubles you. Yeah. Yeah. and i helped you through it and i've been here for when jem was born and but, but it still didn't yeah. it didn't work for me but honestly no. lizzie's like kind of like a transient weirdo honestly like <laughs> <laughs> like what is Lizzie? Like she like has like nothing, like no life of her own. She's just like leeching off. It's like the parasite movie. Like she just came in out of nowhere and is like put herself into the lives of like you know this family and is just like oh I'm gonna follow you everywhere and do everything you want. Ha ha and like whatever. But it's just I don't know. I don't know. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, 
again, they made some choices here, and it makes this Lizzie's storyline that much weirder um, for it. Like, it doesn't fit. And um, Lizzie has her own stuff going on in the books. Um, I'm not super upset that we're not seeing it, quite frankly. (laughs) Granted, it still might happen, so who knows. But, yeah, again, it's closure without really feeling closure. Yeah. It's like, let's just wrap it up. Like, here's the episode before the last episode. Let's just get this done. Bree and Roger are on their uh, farewell tour. Yeah, like... Just making the rounds. So So anyways, as we continue, Jamie declines the offer to join their little uh, militia they got going on. But at the same time, um, POS Brown brings Mm -hmm. his wife in. She's hurting and needs a healer. So brings her in and look at this. It is possibly some domestic abuse going on Mm -hmm. in the Brown household. And the wife kind of reveals some of her life with Mr. Brown and how she doesn't want to have sex with him. And then she found or learned that she read from the amazing Dr. Rollins that she can time it to not get pregnant. And she doesn't want to bring a child into this world. But then I also thought it was interesting that she mentioned that P.O.S. Brown like lays up at night and like thinks about like having another kid i'm like okay is there like they literally like have this scene she's she pretty much says like oh yeah like he really wants like another child and i don't know i don't it was just kind of weird like we have this guy who's like a psychopath but like he's got some heart to him so is he really just a man of the times abusing women and i don't know it was just a weird scene he leaves she gets him out of the room to have some heart to heart with her with the wife but then he comes back and actually missed, like, this scene was a little confusing, so maybe you guys can help me with it. Like, he, like, looked at her stuff. Yeah. And and then, like, ran out. And I don't mm-hmm. know, and maybe I'm, like, jumping the gun on next episode. Like, I don't know if this is, like, oh, is she a witch? Are we doing the witch thing again? Are, but then I was like, oh, are we doing, is she, like, the one setting these fires? Like, that, I also, that kind of went through my mind. I don't know. Yeah, he saw the Dr. Rawlings and he realized that Claire's the one that she's masquerading as Dr. Rawlings and publishing these things in the newspaper that he and many other people in his community think are harmful. It's so weird, his character. I think that we're supposed to see that he really cares for his daughter. I think because she's a piece of his wife who he really truly loved and I don't know if he was abusive to both the daughter and the wife also or if he's just so messed up that his wife is dead and his daughter is gone that he's become violent right I'm I don't know I'm confused I don't I don't really understand what's going on with him yeah I just don't like the browns no they're the worst they're the worst like write them out DG come on (laughs) we're not done that's true Mm. that's true our next scene we have roger and ian and it's kind of a cute scene because you know we have a little bromance going on on the side here between roger and ian okay we have like roger or sorry ian who's like the sacrifice official friend for roger and his native american times so they have that little trauma bonding go on that going on there and then they have the trauma bonding from their both wanting to commit suicide and all their issues and getting each what other a fun over friendship. the <laughs> like what a fun friendship like we are messed up bro so let's just be messed up together anywho He's pretty much like, can you do me a solid, bro? Can you come with me to the stones? Can you bring the horses back? 
you know, it's going to be too hard for Bree to say goodbye if Claire and Jamie come. And Ian's, you know, pretty much like, yeah, I got you, dude. I got you. I don't know if there's anything more to be said about this scene other than just, you know. They're just messing with the timeline of the books all together. And that's why none of this works. Yeah. <laughs> just, it doesn't work. <laughs> so they need to get Ian out of there and they need to keep Jamie and Claire at the ridge. So yep. Jamie and Claire can't go to the stones with them. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. Bree would want to say goodbye to her parents like she does, you know, yep. when they go back in the books. And um, I don't know. I'm Actually, question for you guys. I have been wondering this because, and maybe I just can't remember. I had thought the entire season they didn't know where the stones were. And did they find them, like, in the previous Roger season? Roger found them. When did Roger find them? Was it when he was traveling back from the Indians or <laughs> to the Indians? I but, can't like, remember. I'm sorry, but, like, this guy got lost on Fraser's <laughs> You know what? It just it annoys me because... Like here, I was thinking that they didn't know where the stones were. If they knew where the stones were, that's your test. That's your Ken Jemmy time travel test. Go to the stones. Like that should have been the test. You know what I'm saying? Like you have stones to travel. Be like, okay, listen, we're gonna we're gonna leave in two weeks. We're gonna go to the stones. If we get through it, we get through it. Goodbye. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like I don't understand how that was not a mentality there at all whatsoever i literally thought they didn't know where the stones were and they were just gonna like stumble upon them in some type of emergency and like go to the future no i didn't know it like came down to this like mystery test that revealed itself so it's just weird because it's like it's so dangerous to travel it's so painful to travel like they feel like when they travel to the stones they feel like their body's being torn apart claire is to the point where she thinks she can't survive really another Mm -hmm. trip You know, because she's gone so many times. So, like, to put Jemmy through this just doesn't make sense. He's a little baby. And you can't control where he's going to turn up. Because there is some, like, ability to steer involved, which they didn't really explain in this episode. But you have to kind of, like, think about where you want to end up. And He's like McDonald's play place. He's like... (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, you're right. Like, maybe Bree and Roger are, like, uh, 1974 and thinking about, you know, where they want to be. Her house that she grew up in. And Jem's, like, grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Thinking about them. And then just stays. You know, there's just so many variables. So many variables. We're writing the next book. <laughs> I think that's. I think we figured it out, guys. We're d- attention viewers, listeners. We are done with this podcast. Check out our book. Our Lander, fanfic. Our fanfic. <laughs> oh my god. Well, anyways, we now continue on here. We have Lord John and Bree, and their goodbye, essentially, right? So many goodbyes. Um, so many goodbyes. Like, girl, just have everyone come over for dinner. Like, <laughs> Like, <laughs> I I forgot he was even there. I'm like, oh wait, were John still here? Yeah, I, I thought he was he was gone like ten snips ago. Yeah, like <laughs> no, he's hanging out in the guest room. He's up there. He's probably getting some hookups, bringing him over to the house. Anywho, like they have their own little thing going on, which I love. Like this kind of like we almost got married. Like ha ha ha. Like I almost forced you to marry me. Remember that time? <laughs> like I feel like they just have this like cute little like friendship now. And she's like, yeah, I know all about Willie, and I know like I can't say shit to him. It's cool. Like don't you worry. 
And then they have this cute little like moment where he's like, yeah, you know, you're so much like him. And she's like, yeah, I know we both got tempers, I bet. Then more relating to Jamie. And it was was cute. I will say the one visual disconnect for me is John Gray. Because John Gray has literally been the same age this entire series. Like, <laughs> like they, they do it to, like, Jamie and Claire. They throw in the little things. No. Lord, I mean, maybe it speaks to, like, gay men because, like, we just take good care of ourselves. He is up in them moisturizers at, like, whatever, like, held building he's living at or whatever. But he is, like, really on point and always looks so good. But it's just kind of weird when he's saying, like, hey, like, I raised your brother. Like, you're so much like him. They're essentially, like, similar in age. But yet she was gonna maybe marry him yeah you know what i mean it's like sister yeah it's like a weird it's a weird not age it's an age disconnect for me i don't know a little odd but then we also find out that good old john is taking ulysses um so they can play chess on the chess on the high seas and solve that whole entire crisis and he and ulysses can get out of his little stick shack and you know Peace out on America. I like that Ulysses is safe and like this is a good wrap up for him. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about him. Bree and Lord John, still to me, they do have their own thing going on. There's still weird chemistry there. I'm almost like, does Lord John think like, well, you look enough like Jamie. Like, <laughs> I could make this work, you know, yeah. if I had to. Um, <laughs> and Brie mentions her temper, and we have not seen her temper at all, which is definitely a defining characteristic oh. for her in the books and for, you know, uh, Willie as well. So that was odd to me. And uh, the meta moment of Lord John asking it, how people, how could anyone not like Brie when, like, yeah. the world doesn't like Brie. <laughs> hilarious but like her face literally was like it almost was like a breaking the third wall face it was like (laughs) you know what i mean like audience (laughs) i know you don't like me (laughs) like she didn't say anything you know know, when you get like an awkward compliment yeah like you're just like (laughs) what do i say Yeah, I like John and Bree's relationship on the show so much better than in the books. Like, I like the funsy back and forth that they have because I think their personalities are a good match for each other, whether it's friendship or something more. (laughs) And I think your comment about him not aging is, like, really interesting because I didn't even notice, but you're right. Like, he hasn't aged. He is younger than Jamie and Claire. That is but, true. Um, that is true. But yeah, it is kind of funny how he's like still beautiful. I mean, they yeah. all are, right? But like, yeah, they haven't even true. they haven't given him like the classic glasses or yeah. like a yep. little white yep. in the temple. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was a kid when they met him, like way at the beginning. Oh my god! That's right. Like something. Like come on here. Like anything. You know? But anyhow, the next scenes were kind of like bittersweet. We have Roger and Bree watching Jamie from the window. As he's playing with Jem, your your classic grandpa and grandson like image here, like oh my god! How do you paw, take your kid paw. away from this? I, like, exactly. Legit. Like she should have called it off right then and been like, Roger, we're not doing this. This is ridiculous. Yep. We're gonna go, and, but instead she's 
you know, she tries and Roger's like, well, I didn't even have parents. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. No, you're not. You're obviously damaged because you're not being so important <laughs> this relationship yeah. is. The whole thing was yep. just like, what are we doing here? And yeah. like, it was at this moment where they were just continue to watch him. Where I was like, oh, wait, they're like actually going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was yeah. the whole time. I was like, wait a minute. This isn't really happening, right? Like, we're yeah. not really sending them back yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. It's like last episode with Bonnet. They're like, let's just get this done. This episode, yeah. let's get them to the future. <laughs> it's just like powering <laughs> through. Like, come on. Think, I don't know. I'm so frustrated because it's like, I don't know if they don't have enough. They haven't like secured additional seasons or something like that. But don't make the show then. Like you're yeah. you're messing yeah. with it too much. It just yeah. it makes the whole thing not make any sense. But I will say I have changed my time travel stance throughout the episode. Whereas like earlier, I think I was on team go to the future. And now I'm on team like they should stay in the past. And, you know, it was purely because I wanted to see them in the future, like yada, 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 what that would be like, which we're probably going to get. But now, like my whole supporting thing on that was Bonnet. I mean, I really feel like they are from the future. They know history. So like if it were me, I would stay in the past as long as I possibly can. And you know that those stones are there. If you need to get the heck out of Dodge, mm-hmm. emergencies happening, race through those, race to the damn stones and get out of there. Like, come on, keep it in your back pocket. Not like, hey, you know, we're moving to the suburbs of the future. <laughs> Peace. Like, come on. So, but I'm going to say, I think the next scene was like the more, like the weirder scene where Brie sees Claire and then just like runs at her and give, they have this like insane hug. And I'm literally like, oh, she's leaving right now. I'm like, okay, she's yeah. going right now. And then we find out there's a whole dinner scene coming up, but it's like, what was this hug? Like, it was, like, it was weird too. Cause I think when Brie was saying bye to Lizzie, we see Claire kind of come out and then turn around and walk away. Like Claire, I think we're supposed to think that Claire's been avoiding Brie like for mm. maybe at least a day i don't yeah, know but yeah i agree it was so odd i thought that they were literally about to get on the horse and head out yep. you would think that they would set up some type of like communication like like you could definitely send stuff to the future from the past so then we have the title card of the episode scene here i don't know about you guys i love pb and j's but like this would not be my farewell dinner. Like, yo, no. come on, banquet style this shit. Like, bring out the chicken parm. Like, let's get going here. Like, let's 19 courses, not like PB and J's, like with a fork and knife. Like, I don't oh my know. Gosh, Jamie cutting that like someone who cuts a <laughs> candy bar with a fork and a yeah. knife. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and actually, can you guys tell me? I I couldn't hear what he said. Did you hear what he said? Because I couldn't. He was cutting it, he put it to his mouth, and then he made a comment. He said, like, you could use it to repair shoes or something else. I think talking oh. about the peanut butter being, like, super sticky okay. on the roof of your mouth. Yep. It didn't, yeah, it didn't, it didn't stick. land I, well. I said this in the past, like, for some reason, sometimes when they go for the punchline, the dialect messes it up for me. Like, I can't, like, I'm like, oh. Yeah, you don't really miss anything. I mean... It did make me a little bit hungry for PB&J now that I am getting hungrier. I'm thinking about it. PB&J would be nice. But, like, they didn't have any glasses of milk. Like, no. like come on. I agree. <laughs> like, make this the appetizer or dessert. You Something. know? And it was one. It was just <laughs> like one 
Damn. Everybody have one PB&J. Like, the bread looked your... really good. <laughs> it did that. look good. Yeah, what was that? That was like so some store-bought shit from the future. Like, what? She's like, so, so good okay. at making bread yeah. after her, like... That's true. That's true. Manic yeast growing. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what a scene. It was just... It was like a comic relief scene, but like a family scene. It was... I, I think it could have been better than it than it was you know to be honest with you they showed no scene of them like eating peanut butter and jelly on the road <laughs> later on right. like i feel like if anything like they should have had the peanut butter and jelly sandwich like on their two-week travel to the stones and that mm-hmm. did not happen mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean like what was it called it was a, a journey cake, journey cake. A, a journey cake and they didn't have it on their journey they had it for dinner the night before so like i don't know whatever anyhow continuing on flash forward kind of a weird scene time wise okay because we find out later the journey is two weeks, but like the scene is literally like two seconds. And <laughs> they're like at the stones. Like, here's the stones. We hear the like crazy music, which I actually don't like. Uh, it's like weird. It's like Lord of the Flies sounding to me. It's just like, like it's got a weird sound to it. I want to hear the intro music. Like, I want to hear like, sing me a song. I, I want some of those tones in there. I don't want this weird like flies buzzing around like the food I left out. Okay, like no. Um, <laughs> anyhow, they get to the stones and they can hear the sound, and then we actually go back to Claire. She's looking at the sketches. And she's like, wow, I can't believe two weeks went by. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally, my brain was like, oh, they're in the future already. Okay, two weeks went by. Um, but no, they're like, oh, well, if Roger did the math right. They're probably getting there right now. Roger, yeah, the one Roger who got lost the in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, the guy gets lost in the woods. Like, come on here. Like, it's just ridiculous. Okay, so now we go back to the stones and it's officially happening this was a very weird scene. Um, first of all, I thought it was really cute where Bree literally says to Ian, you know, I love you. They have like a cute little like, I love you exchange, you know. Um, they are cousins, you know, like they literally are cousins. They're blood, you know. I also thought it was weird that Roger didn't say anything, though. He's just yeah. like, they're like, I love you. I love you. And Roger's stone cold silent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, OK, like, Roger. Because how many times can you say goodbye to the same people? Yeah, that's true. But like, have you met my Italian family? Like, no, but it's like, a, at what point is it like, yeah. this whole episode is just that big awkward goodbye where like you said goodbye and then you realize you're walking in the same direction still. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like, if that happens to me, I'll be, I'll deliberately take a longer path so I could just go the opposite direction yeah. and not have oh, yeah. to deal with it. Yep. The scene gets a little weirder. They're literally like tying themselves together with a rope, which like I felt was like a really stupid call. Like if you are like traveling through space and time, do you want a rope around you? Like, like what if you accidentally like hang you and your child or something? Also, <laughs> also Roger, PTSD Roger, will the the biggest trigger would that not be a rope around you? Like I'm sorry, like rope around your body, you would be like flashback back into your hanging. Like, I'm sorry. And then they're giving the little, they're past, here, Jemmy, take the stone. Hang on to the stone, Jemmy. Yeah, right. What? Yeah. Like, why did they not fashion a necklace or something? Like, you know, I don't know. There had to have been a better way than uh, let me trust this toddler to hang on to this teeny tiny gemstone. And they gave him the bonnet one, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. 
I was like, and of all the stones, you gave him the bonnet one? And you two are parents. You know that that stone would have been thrown instantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would have been, oh, like, yeah. on the ground and they're, like, done. Like, nope. And then they all put their hands together up to the stone. And to be honest with you guys, this was a cop-out for me. There was no, like, every other stone travel, time travel scene. It was always really, like, epic with, like, wind gushing and, like, uh, like some narration and spinning and I don't know, just something. And then it was just like, poof, they're gone. Like, it just, I don't know. So it was a little bit of a letdown. But we have Ian, like, run right up to the stone. They are completely gone. He's touching the stone. They're not there. You can tell he's a little disappointed because he wanted to go through too. They did it, though. They went through. So I was shocked. Any feelings on this, guys? Like, I get... did I hit it on the head? I don't... <laughs> I don't know if I should save all this for later, but I'm like, okay, so you're going through the stones to 1973 in your outfits. Like, I guess maybe people could say maybe you missed the turn to the Renaissance fair. Yeah. (laughs) That's fine. They have no money. They're in North Carolina. Bree's house is in Boston. (laughs) Roger's family and property is in freaking scotland like how are they gonna get from point a to point b are they hitchhiking with their baby how are they gonna buy food they have no money like is there an atm nearby i don't think they had atms then did brie bring her checkbook back in time i just don't understand all of the logistics of how this is gonna work out diapers changing this baby's hat like all the time like come on how's this gonna work yeah so this pissed me off because they got to the future like literally they showed the next scene where they're they traveled and they're on the ground and they get up and then they see something and roger's just like yeah. what the devil and it was some kind of stones or like whatever or sticks or whatever like yeah come on outlander so, i know i don't know what it could be could it be like jamie and claire left something for them to find in the future oh, i don't know i don't know did they you know lots of people are speculating did they really not go to the future are they still in the past but i think they really are in the in the future according to what the writers want to do yeah i don't know it, again it, that was a weird cliffhanger cop out and i hope that we resolve it in the next episode and they don't just focus entirely on yeah. like the the, the Fraser's storyline yeah. in the past yep Otherwise, we're waiting a whole season to find out what it is that they saw. Yep. I actually, my brain went to the thought of, like, maybe they only jumped, like, a couple weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I was having that, like, that would be kind of cool. Like, oh, like, you know, it's two weeks and, like, maybe whatever conflict is going on with Claire is, like, right at the precipice. And they come in at, like, the right time to, like, rescue them. Like, I think that would actually be kind of cool. Like, it would be kind of neat, you know? Um you know, not going all of the future. So I don't know. I'm curious to see see how it plays out. I just struggled with they wake up and Bree and Roger are like so excited. They made it. And then Jem gets up and runs away. And I'm like, yeah. hi, it's 1977. Like there's cars and like, are yep. you near a highway? Like maybe don't uh-huh. let your kid just like run away. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I was like panicking a little bit like, <laughs> while they were having their moment. I was like, oh my God, Jem. Like, Parent but, of the year. Yeah. Love- so that was my only real thought during that. I like, I, I think we've mentioned all of the time traveling issues already. I, I cracked up what you said in the group text though, where they, where they saw the stars billboard. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were all, when we were talking about what we think they're seeing, and, and I I have strong feelings that, like, whatever this reveal is, it's not going to be this big reveal. Like, it's just going to be, like, yeah. you know, a road or something of that nature. They went to another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done before. Oh, DG. I don't know. Do you guys have opinions on what they see? No. I don't know. I really, I like, like, it's yeah. just... Yeah, so up in the air, like, I don't know. Or, like, imagine if, like, they went back in time and they were, like, at the Battle of Glottodon or something. Or, like, oh, no, it has to be in America. Who knows? It could, it's so open-ended. We have no idea. So, I hope, I hope the final of Jamie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Something really, it's probably going to be something ridiculous. Like, gory and, like, sexual. It's going to be a statue of Claire, like, get it eaten out in a window. <laughs> I can't even. Um, Well, to complete the episode, they're in the future, which I thought we were going to get more of this episode, but no, that's it. So cliffhanger, numero uno. We get back to Fraser's Ridge. Jamie Fergus, Josiah, they're all out in the field doing their thing, you know, like farm life, yada, yada, yada. Explosion goes off. Oh my God, what is going on? Like, Stuff you would only see in, like, 2020 these days. Like, what's next in this crazy apocalypse time we live in? But no, it's happened at Fraser's Ridge. We had locusts. Now we got explosions. It's the still. It blew up, okay? It looks like that uh, whiskey of his. Something's going on here. So they all head off to the still. Claire stays behind because she's like, oh, I'm working on someone. Claire with Mars is leaving to fix this guy's arm. And she's teaching him how to pop it back in. All while, suddenly, okay, the committee pops in, the Browns, they're there, they're being crazy. Marsley tells little Jeremiah to get under the under the bed. Um, it was an intense scene. Marsley gets knocked out. Claire, Claire gets a hood thrown over her head. They pretty much take her out of there. Um, it was intense, okay? It was a lot for having such a slow story, mm-hmm. this whole episode, and then this giant apex at the end. Um, and then... Jamie comes back and basically young Jeremiah is outside in the yard and Fergus is like, Hey, where's your mom? Like, what's going on? Why are you out here? And he's like, the bad guys came, blah, 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 blah. They go in, they find Marsley. She's passed out, (laughs) but, but she's got a pulse. They threw that in there quick. Mm -hmm. She's alive. She's got a pulse. She's breathing. We're like, okay, Marsley's good. She's not dead. The other guy. I really, I had such a hard time with them killing him. I don't know. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Like random patient. But his arm. And because he was oh. trying to be heroic too. He was like, yeah. you know, attacking these guys to protect yeah. Claire and Marsley and just gets shanked. He's you know, like th- basically um headwig for me in this story. It's still raw, the I just hate when they kill off. I hate when TV shows kill off these like minor insignificant characters, but not the main characters. Like there's nothing from stopping them from putting a knife through Marsley. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, it's just this, this cannon fodder characters. They do this and it drives me nuts. Cause like everyone should be fair game. You know, not that I want to see Marsley die. Like I'd rather be that guy, but like it bugs me. So we have our final scene and it is Jamie, like, balls to the walls, getting to the cross, and he lights that motherfucker up. 
and he is calling upon his militia. It is on. I can feel the drums in my heart. Let the bodies hit the floor. Like it is, it is ready. Like it is like the helm of like, it is just like at a precipice. He is getting his girl back. It is on. We are ready. Not going to lie. Was still let down a little bit. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's it. That's all we're getting. We don't know what's going to happen to her. He's just running up to this mountain. Like, it was like the scene from Lord of the Rings. Was it Lord of the Rings where they light all the tower, like the watchtowers? Mm-hmm. Time is of the essence. Like, I don't know. And now we have Cliffhanger numero dos. Yeah. So I mean, I guess Ian and Josiah are going to have to track them. It's just, it's so intense, this whole thing that's coming up. I'm not really emotionally ready for it. And I did appreciate that Jamie, you know, he did not light that cross when he was getting his militia together for trying. He lights the cross when, like, his (laughs) wife is abducted. Like, we are going to war over this. So I guess a lot of bloodshed in the next episode is going to be expected. It's going to get crazy, Jamie. This is going to be like crazy warrior, like Uh, brutal Jamie. This is it's on. It's on. (laughs) Roger and Brie, if you'd been here, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Someone had been like, you know, I don't know. Well, let's not leave Roger because he's pathetic. But like, Ian, you stay and protect the women and we'll take Roger with us to the still. Maybe everything would have been okay. I don't know. You know what? I just had a thought. It also doesn't make sense timeline wise because so they waited two weeks to like kidnap her exactly. <laughs> like they were in there to like fix the arm. Like yeah. so like they came in, fixed the arm, but that was all when Roger and Claire were or Roger and Brie were still there. Yep. He sees this shit's going on and then they leave for two weeks. They do their trek, they leave. Like he ran out of there like about out of hell. Like he just found Dr. Rollins and this witch. I would have just assumed he would have acted on that within the next couple of days. No, this is like literally a two weeks now. Like this is concoct the plan. It takes a long time for the Browns to like make <laughs> yeah. anything clever. To That's do. true. So that is very true. They were true. like, "Well, let's just go in there and and shoot them all." And they're like, "No, we need to get Jamie out of there." Like the other Brown, I forget his name. The the like leader Brown. It's like, no man, we can't take on Jamie. We gotta get Jamie out of there. Uh, well, how are we gonna do it? We're going to blow up his whiskey still because we're the ones that are setting fire to the house, probably. Like, I don't know. I don't even remember who sets fire to the houses, but I suspect the Browns. They're like, okay, it's going to take us two weeks, but we got to find all the missing horses first that they let out. (laughs) So all those goats or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, let's close this one up. Like, go for it, Kate. I was really excited for this episode because when the season came out, uh, like all that names and stuff, and I saw that Diana wrote this one, I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait. This is going to be so great. Man, was I disappointed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I like got, like I hyped it up too much in my head and therefore like disappointed myself, but. She is in the middle of writing her book. book like yeah. she, she how, is. I, just like they said you know she doesn't have a lot of time for this stuff so maybe she just pushed it out yeah, I don't that know annoys me at the same time like your book's a tv show it's a hit tv show mm-hmm. girl make the time yeah 
And I don't know if like the books have just become so much my story that I can't deal with deviation. Like, yeah. and now I depend on knowing how things are going to happen. And now that they've deviated from that, like, I don't like it. I don't know. I just feel like this was her opportunity. Obviously they wanted to change the, the timeline of the plot a little bit. So I guess this isn't an unfamiliar device to use, but I'm just like, this is your penultimate episode. This is her chance to come back and say, oh, these are all the things I wish I had done with this story. How can I make it work now for TV? And I was just left so disappointed. So I'm going to give this like a 6.5 because That's honestly, fair. like she, I, I feel like she should be graded on a little bit harder of a scale. Yeah, I agree. I am going to still go ahead and give it a seven. I had a lot of problems with it, but I didn't hate it. You know, I still found enjoyable moments in it. Mm -hmm. There was <laughs> excessive dialogue, but there was a lot of dialogue that I did like, like, you know, Claire and Jamie banter is always is always a win for me. It was well-written communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that Ian had a moment of being badass Ian. So that was, I thought, Diana kind of course correcting with his character a little bit. And that's important to me. I also love that Lord John was in it. Mm -hmm. But I just, I have a really hard time with the yeah. departure from the books. I, I I also don't like, I don't know, maybe this is a control issue, but I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. And I'm very confused as yeah. to what's going to happen now. Mm -hmm. Because are we skipping book six? all together are we just gonna skip it I, and go to book seven i don't know i don't i'm so confused and i mean if diana was writing this episode i wish she could have written in a stronger reason for them to go to the future or again is this all just the writer's fault like maybe they shouldn't have gotten rid of bonnet so soon and they should have kept his storyline a little bit more on track and kept the threat of him real if they wanted to push these guys into the future for a little while i don't know there's not a good reason for them to leave their family for me or at least add more dialogue about the war and being afraid yeah. of like Jem dying in the war or Roger dying in the war or mm -hmm. like add some more yeah. threat yeah. there yeah right I you know barely remember it but I still did not like the excessive gore of the burn <laughs> victim at the yeah. start of the episode that was so weird and yep. like you said the only tie back to that was that there are these fires happening and that's why the militia is formed. Yeah. Like they didn't talk about this person at all. I guess overall I was entertained and, and I also did like that Ian learned about time travel and you know, there were, so there were some good moments for me. So that's yeah, why I decided right. to give it a seven. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I think I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna sit out on the rating this one. I can't give it a rating. I, Honestly, I really can't. Like, I don't know how I feel about it, actually. Um, you know, granted, I just watched it, like, right before our podcast. But, like, <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. I'm a common sense watcher. So when thing, when common sense things don't happen, it bugs the crap out of me. Like, again, like you're just saying, the house burnt at the beginning. They didn't, you know, they were they're back in time to rescue them from this fire that happened. Not only was this actually happening, not only did they didn't do that, 
they didn't even mention the connection or the correlation between these fires and the fires that were supposed to happen. You know, I'm kind of like disappointed that they do go towards the witch direction for next episode. I have a feeling they're gonna. I'm just like, I've we've seen this already. I'm over it. Like, come on. Like, this is just stupid. Like, honestly, um, I did. You're right. I was entertained. Um, I liked the Ian reveal when Murtog died. They had to replace like the keeper of the secret, and now mm-hmm. like that is restored. But I am also pissed because Marsley and Fergus need to know. It is crap. It is like really just <laughs> not cool to be like. I mean, really, like it's just like mm-hmm. not cool. Like, and for their own safety. Like, literally, they they should know for their own safety, you know, let them know what's going to happen, you know? Like, come on, like, plan. Like, you know, they have to stay. They can't travel. None of them are can travel, so they have to, like, use the future, what they know. They have to use their time traveler, which is Claire. Use this knowledge. Like, come on, Claire, you're willing to make Penna freaking Sillin, okay, and look at sperm under a microscope. <laughs> like, save your family, girl. Like, come on here. Like, do this. Like, share the knowledge. If, like, she can save herself with technology, that would be cool. So, yeah, it was good. It was all right. I don't know. It was good. That's all I'm going to say. It was good. Well, you know how I feel. I just I just summarized it. I think you guys got my, my general gist of it. It was entertaining. <laughs> I, I wonder if I'll feel differently once I understand next season. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that's a big part of it is just... I, there's so much confusion about the direction that they're going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, one other thing that is bugging me, too. Not one of them has a peanut allergy. Like, come on. Like, literally. <laughs> like, they have these peanut butter and jellies, and she's not like, hey, maybe I should just make sure one of you, like, doesn't have a, a peanut allergy here. Like, I think she'd be mm-hmm. smart a little bit here. Like, okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fraser's Ridge. Guys, we're almost done. So if you love it, and uh, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Fraser's Ridge Pod and on Instagram at Fraser's Ridge. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Until next time. Yes. Mm-hmm.